if you drag out deciding to cut your losses on something that's not working, you're just dragging out your eventual success. So the faster you get at making decisions and taking action on them, the faster you're going to get results, good or bad, right? You're either going to win or you're going to learn. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On. If you're a woman of color with a mission-driven, service-based business, and you want to increase your income and your impact without burning out in the process, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, recovering WordPress developer, content marketing coach, and CEO of Carvel Digital. I've survived being a black woman in the tech industry, getting fired for culture fit, and gone on to build a thriving business. I want to show you how to work hard once to create systems in your business that continue to work for you as you grow so that you can not just survive, but thrive and live your best life. Let's get it going. Hey friends, welcome back to Begin As You Mean To Go On. We hit an important milestone. Uh, I recently checked our stats and just over 5,000 of you have downloaded this podcast. So if you're listening, thank you so much for your attention and for sharing the podcast and for your reviews. I really appreciate it. I really love bringing you these little nuggets of wisdom every week. So I hope that you're enjoying them. And more importantly, I hope that you're implementing what you learn here. So today we're going to talk about the cost of sunk cost fallacy. And if you've never heard that phrase, if you don't know what it is, don't worry, because I'm going to explain it. We're going to get into it. But before we do that, this episode is sponsored by the Pot of Gold Content Marketing Database. And that is a spiffy little tool that we created here at Carvel Digital, and we use it to store all of our content because, as you know, we're big on content and we think your content is valuable. And when something is valuable, you should treat it like the asset that it is. So that is the tool that we use, you know, for planning, for storing, for repurposing. And it really is one of the key ingredients that allowed me to go just a year ago from being just me, myself and I in my business to having a team of six people plus a couple of contractors in just under seven months. So, you know, paying attention to and being strategic about your content can change your marketing and that can change your whole business. So go to carveldigital.com slash gold and check out the pot of gold. All right, before we get started, if you are new to the podcast, if this happens to be your first episode with us, go ahead and listen to this entire episode. I want you to know what you're getting into. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to issue you an invitation to go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast so you get notified so you never miss an episode. But first, let's dig in. All right, let's talk about sunk cost fallacy. What the heck is that? Here's the definition. Individuals commit sunk cost fallacy when they continue a behavior or endeavor as a result of previously invested resources, time, money, or effort. And the fallacy, which is related to loss aversion and status quo bias, can also be viewed as bias resulting from an ongoing commitment. Basically, if we've already invested some time, some resources, some money, some effort, we don't want to see that go to waste. And so we'll just keep digging that hole. This is the definition I got from behavioraleconomics.com. We'll put that link in the show notes. It's basically about, you know, just you keep digging this hole, right? And it can be really detrimental to your business. So I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about how does this show up in business typically? There's three big ways that I see all the time. 
I want to give you some specific examples from my business of when I had to just, you know, cut the cord and cut my losses and move on. And it was not easy and it was not cheap. And then I also want to tell you like when to, how do you decide when to cut your losses, right? Because, you know, we know in business things are hard and, you know, you don't want to quit too early. So I'm going to give you some tips for how to decide when to cut your losses. And then I'm going to give you some tips for how to set yourself up for success when dealing with this issue. All right, so let's get into it. Three big ways that this shows up in business. And anybody who's a coach who's listening to this or has some kind of you know program that you take people through to give them a transformation will probably have heard this. And it's when you're on that sales call and the prospect is, you know, like they love what you've presented and they know it can help them. And then they say, Well, I'm in this other program. I need to finish that first, right? And the thing is, if that other program was giving them the results that they had gone looking for, you probably wouldn't be talking to them right now. You know, we've all been in programs and we've all made investments that didn't work out where we didn't get the value that we expected. And the thing is, you know, like if you're going to be a finisher, you know, don't don't spend it on programs that aren't getting you results. Like spend it on television or something that doesn't matter. Like I'm one of those people that if I start a TV series and I get, you know, I get into a certain point, like I just become a lifer. Uh, so I'm still watching Grey's Anatomy after 17 years like that. That's OK. You can spend your, you know, your investment on that kind of thing. But if you've made an investment and you're not getting the results that you need, and here's the thing, if we've made an investment for our business, we need a result of some kind, right? We wouldn't make that investment if we didn't. So if you're not getting that, it doesn't make any sense to continue putting time and energy and money into that investment that is not giving you a return just because you started and you don't want to lose out. It doesn't make sense logically. It doesn't make sense financially. It usually doesn't make sense emotionally. So you just gotta, you just gotta cut the cord and you have to, you just have to decide from the present moment, right? What should your course of action be? So that is a huge one that's super, super common. Second one that I see a lot is not firing a client soon enough. You didn't see the red flags or you ignored the red flags. So now you have this client and they're making your life miserable. You dread every time you see their name in your email box or you get a phone call from them. And for some reason, you just don't want to cut that cord. And, you know, maybe it's because they're paying you really well. For whatever reason, you just think, oh, I can ride this out. And the thing is, even if you're getting paid well, the mental and the emotional cost of that is generally not worth it. Almost always, as soon as you cut that cord and you clear that space and you clear that emotional energy, you are making space for something better to come in and fill up that gap. But you have to cut that cord first. It can be scary, especially if you're in a position where, you know, maybe you only have one or two clients and like that's most of your income. That's a scary position. If you're going to improve the situation, you still have to cut that cord and you still have to focus on what you actually want in a client and go after that and go get it. You know, you have to let go of some things to make space for that. And then on the flip side, the other thing that I see here is not firing a team member. Like maybe you have a team member and I saw this just recently on a coaching call that I was on in one of the programs that I'm in. And, you know, people were like, you know, I've tried coaching this team member and I've tried making more SOPs and making more videos and showing them again and again. And it's like, 
sometimes people are just mediocre. In fact, often people are mediocre and it's not you, it's them. And the longer you keep someone like that inside your business, the more you're going to suffer and probably the rest of your team is going to suffer because they're probably picking up the slack. So with that said, let me just give some specific examples and bring this all the way down to the ground. The first and and most painful is very early on in my career when I was still doing web development, really trying to level up to do some more higher value, more expensive, you know, more complex projects. So I had my first project where I had to bring in and subcontract a developer. You know, I interviewed a few people. I looked at this person's work. They seemed to really know what they were doing and had some great samples. And so I engaged with this developer and it turned out he really had no idea, (laughs) no idea what he was doing. And it probably took about four to six weeks for me to really realize that, right? For me to see what was going on. At that point, not only did I have to fire that person, but then I had to pay the rest of the contract to get the code back that had been written, right? I still, I didn't want to start from zero. So that hurt. And then I had to go find somebody who did know what they're doing. And guess what? That person was more than twice as expensive (laughs) as what I had been paying. So that was a really painful lesson. It's one that literally took years to pay off that lesson financially. And it was not a good scene. But on the flip side, you know, having to go and find that resource, like find that person that I could partner with who could really complete the project gave me a partnership that has gone on since that time. And we've gone on to do, you know, many different projects together. So that's a great business relationship that came out of, you know, quote unquote, a tragedy. So that's one example. Um, Another more recent example is my team grew last year by leaps and bounds. I went from just basically me to having six people, six other people on the team in just about seven months. And one of the last hires was an operations manager. I had hired enough team members that I was kind of drowning trying to manage them all. And I, I knew I needed to bring somebody in to just make sure day to day that things were happening and keep those balls rolling. And so I went through an amazing hiring process with Kimon Napier, who is actually going to be a guest on the podcast very soon. Um, So look forward to that. But went through a great process, but got the wrong person. It took me about six weeks to really realize that, hey, you know what? This is not working out. Had several conversations with this person to say like, hey, you know, what's happening? These are the, the goals and the tasks that I've laid out. These are the outcomes I'm looking for. And I'm just not seeing it like what's happening. And after several of those conversations and just not feeling the relief, right, I was desperate to not be like working in my business all day and like chained to ClickUp all day, you know, responding to the team. And it just wasn't happening. And I had to, to realize like, you know what, this isn't the person. I had to let her go and start that process all over again. From doing that, I was able to find an amazing, amazing person to fill that role I just cannot imagine if I had not found this person. So ultimately, it was a great decision and it made space for the help that I really needed to to come through. And then the last example is a VIP day that I had enrolled in. And the lead up to this experience was not making me feel VIP. So it ended up that this one day experience got split into two days because of scheduling conflicts. So you know, we held the first day, but the experience leading up to it was just, it was just not optimal and not what I was expecting and based on what I had invested. And so we had that first day, we got some value out of that first day. 
And then ultimately I decided, you know what, I'm not going to go through with the rest of these things because I had specific things that I knew I wanted to do with that time that I felt like could give me a better return on my time. That was a hard decision, but I had zero regrets about that decision. You know, we're going to talk about like, how do you know when to cut your losses? But I think as you grow in your business and as you encounter this more times and get more experience with it, it becomes easier to recognize when it's happening, right? And it becomes easier to kind of stop yourself and say, wait, hold up, what's going on here? And do I need to make a shift? Let's talk about when do you cut your losses? Because you don't just want to be a quitter. You don't just want to be like, oh, sunk cost fallacy, like I quit because some things in business are just hard. And you have to stick it out and you have to stick it out long past the point where you want to quit. So how do you know if it's something that's like, I just need to stick this out and I need to commit until I get the results? And how do you know when it's like, "Mm, this is not going to be the thing? So one of the things that you really want to think about is what is the result that you are after? Are you making progress towards getting that result? That's really the thing, because if you are moving in the right direction, great, keep going. But if you feel like you've been at this and you've been putting in the work and you're just not seeing any results over a long period of time, that's when you might want to start to evaluate and think about like, "Mm, is this really the right direction, right? Do I need to change directions? One way to think about this is, you know, you want to get quicker at making decisions in your business. If you think about it like an equation, let's say, and I'm totally making this up, but let's say that you have to make a thousand decisions in your business in order to reach, you know, the million dollar mark in your business, if that's your goal or whatever your goal is. You can take three years to make those decisions or you could take 10 years to make those decisions, right? If you drag out deciding to cut your losses on something that's not working, you're just dragging out your eventual success. So the faster you get at making decisions and taking action on them, the faster you're going to get results, good or bad, right? You're either going to win or you're going to learn. You're going to get a result. You're going to learn from that result. And that's going to allow you to make better decisions in the future. And the faster you go through that cycle, the better decisions you're going to make and the less you're going to encounter this and have to have this discussion with yourself. The last thing I'll say on this is, If you are being drained, like if you're just being drained mentally, you're being drained physically, you're being drained financially, especially in the case of people, right? That client that is sucking you dry or that team member that is just making you hate your business, that is just never worth it. It's just never worth it. So if that is happening, that's a good sign that you should cut your losses and you should move on. How do you set yourself up for success so that you minimize the occurrence of having to make these kinds of decisions? And the first thing I'll say is set your goals ahead of time. So when you go into an endeavor, you enter into a relationship, you join a new program, whatever it is, know what it is that you want to get out of that. So I'll give you an example. You know, I have been in lots of different masterminds in my time as a business owner. Some of those masterminds, I went in specifically to learn skills, right? To learn skills, to get knowledge, and just to grow my ability to be a better business owner, right? But other masterminds I've gone into, and specifically my goal was to be in a specific community, right? And my goal was really to get to know more people, to widen my circle, just to network and rub elbows with business owners who are more successful than me. And that was my primary goal. So in the first case, if the community is not sort of like you know, the be all end all and it, and I'm not getting that much out of it, but I specifically went in because I wanted to learn these skills. I wanted to learn these strategies and I'm getting that. 
then I could say to myself, okay, great. I'm getting what I wanted out of this program. So I'm going to stick it out and, and I'm going to finish this. On the flip side, if I enter into a program where the strategies aren't really like maybe they don't mesh with my values or, you know, they're just not ones that would work for my business or I don't agree with. But I'm there for the community and I'm getting what I need out of the community and I'm meeting awesome people, then I can evaluate that and say like, oh, well, you know what? This is what I came in looking for and that's what I'm getting. So I'm going to I'm going to stick it out. Okay, so those are some examples. The next thing is to set time checks, right? So put it in your calendar that, you know, one month in, two months in, or, you know, two or four weeks, however, whatever the time interval that makes sense, put it in your calendar that you're going to sit down and go, hmm, okay, I made this investment. I've been at it for, you know, one month, two months. How is it going? And go back to the criteria you set, you know, and the results that you wanted to get and evaluate how is that going for yourself? Okay. And just put some structure around that. Last but not least is ask your squad. You need a squad of other business owners to just help provide those sanity checks and to be able to lean on and give you support when you're really stuck and not knowing what you should do. Outside perspective is always an amazing thing to get. That's one of the things that we do inside of Content Bootcamp is we have an awesome community of people and people bring all sorts of issues and things that they're going through every week. And it's not just my wisdom, but the wisdom of the whole community and our shared experience that helps us navigate those experiences. All right. So that is sunk cost fallacy comes up all the time. You're definitely going to deal with it as a business owner. You probably already have, but maybe you didn't really understand the, the bigger picture of what was going on. So I hope this has been helpful and I hope this helps you um, make better decisions and make them quicker so that you can prosper and reach your goals in business. So now is the time when, if this is your first episode, I want to invite you to join the Begin As You Mean To Go On family and hit that subscribe button, leave that five-star rating and review to help other folks who are just browsing those podcasts, trying to figure out what to listen to, um, help them know that this podcast is worth their time. And last but not least, who do you know who needs to hear this? Who do you know who is just dragging their feet, making some kind of hard decision in their business, and they really just need to cut ties, and you know they're going to be happier on the other side? Go ahead and share this episode with them. I really appreciate that. All right. So until I see you again, don't forget to begin as you mean to go on. 